Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, any random thoughts that pop into our head, and of course, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. I love to get out and enjoy the great Ozarks on my ride, and you should too. Make sure your two-wheel or four-wheel ride is running its best by taking it to Heartland Honda in Springdale, Arkansas. They're pros at servicing and repairing your recreational on-road or off-road vehicle. And when it's time for something new or pre-owned, Heartland Honda can fix you up. Check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard. Play hard. You meet the nicest people at Heartland Honda. About 10 years ago, my best buddy talked me into buying a motorcycle so we could go touring around the Ozarks Mountains. The rides were amazing. One weekend, I couldn't go, but he went anyway. Tim was topping a hill on a big curve and was hit head-on by a car passing an RV. Thankfully, he survived. And thankfully, he had Schmidt Law Firm on his side. I do too. Motorcycle accidents happen. Schmidt Law Firm will prove negligence and help you get full recovery. Find them online at KansasCityLawyers.com. Put Schmidt Law Firm on your side of the table because motorcycle accidents do happen. Well, welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, Randy. Bottoms up, Lewis. Bottoms up, Lewis. That's it. Yeah. From Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. Good morning, young squire. How are you doing, my uh, lady? What did you just say? I, I don't know what your pronouns are. Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. I'm just assuming. <laughs> don't assume. It makes an <laughs> ass out of you. Not me. Yeah, just you. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry. All I right, didn't mean right. to offend you. All right. So, have you had a good week? Yeah. It's been another week, nonetheless. Nonetheless. Nothing terribly exciting to report? Nah. Hell no. You haven't had to kick anybody's ass out of your shop? <laughs> no. No. We're I try to refrain from doing that as much as possible. All right. Well, not saying yeah. the potential is not good there, business. but it's just, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about real fast is, uh, remember last year, or actually it was this year, the beginning of the year, Cycle Showcase in St. Louis. Yeah. You didn't get to go. Correct. Sucks to be you. It does suck to be me. Well, you get another chance because Cycle Showcase is coming to Lake of the Ozarks Bike Fest. Hoorah. And that'll be next month, the 14th through the 17th, I believe. And that'll be at the resort at Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. And uh, that'll be a really cool thing to go see. Sponsored, of course, by Schmidt Law, our partners there. And we're going to be set up with a booth uh, at the Cycle Showcase uh, Bike Show. If you've never had a chance to go to a bike show, uh, this is the kind of bike show that you want to start out on. I this mean, is a different bike show than what your atypical bike show is. Oh, yeah. Which is so cool about it. This is a big kind of, I would call it a big production bike show. Yeah. And it's done up right and it's done up nice. It's not just a bunch of guys wheeling their bikes out in the parking lot. Right. And, you know, this is a well done deal. Yeah. This is bikes that you will probably not see everywhere, every day at every other bike show. No, these are real professional bike builders. Yeah, exactly. So if you get a chance next month, 
September 14th through the 17th, Lake of the Ozarks Bike Fest at the resort. And uh, stop by, say hi, and take a look at some of the best bikes that you'll find. So now I want to talk about our featured ride of the week. We're bringing that back by popular demand. And last episode, we talked about uh, Push Mountain in Arkansas. So consequently, I'm going to talk about a ride in Missouri, the Camdenton to Devil's Elbow ride. It's a 66-mile ride. It is a terrific ride, completely back roads. You won't see any highways or freeways on this ride. Yeah. Now, I'm going to admit something. I haven't been over there in some time. The last time that I did go over there, the uh, Devil's Elbow, they had a little uh, bar and grill there, mm-hmm. right there at the bridge, was shut down permanently. God, I hope now, someone's opened that up. The reason I bring that up is because I cannot speak to whether somebody has purchased that and reopened it or not. But either way, it is a great ride. And if it has been reopened, so much the better. That bridge that's there is super, super cool. Like that's yeah. the shit that I dig about it. That that you bridge know? is, it is really, it's old and it's yeah. neat. It's like a trust style bridge too. Right. And in case you're curious, you can go uh, to ozarkrides.com and go to Missouri Rides. There'll be the Camdenton to Devil's Elbow ride featured right there. Of course, it's also our featured ride on the website. But we've got a video there of the ride and uh, said bridge that yeah. Randy was talking about. And you can check it out there, kind of get a, a flavor for what's going on. Uh, what we do is you start out on uh, State Route A, and there's a lot of twisties, a lot of long sweepers, and a lot of scenic farmland. This whole ride is just completely back roads. Yeah. yeah. So and they're, you- they're actually pretty decent roads. The last time I was on it, they were the roads were decent. You know, you, yeah, a you lot of them they have recently repaved, yeah, so they're smooth. You don't smooth. have big shoulders by no means, but it's good quality roads. It's amazing scenery. We're getting to that time of year. We're here in the next month or two. It's going to start cooling off a little bit. the The weather's going to be great. the The trees are going to be changing. You say that with some confidence that the weather's going to be cooling off. Cooling Shit. off. The way it's been lately, I'm not for sure, but yeah. everything it it happens. It will eventually cool off. Right, I suppose. So the roads are really good until you get down to almost the devil's elbow and you come onto a stretch of Route 66. As is customary with a lot of Route 66 nowadays, has not been maintained. It is paved only in the technical strictest sense. (laughs) There's some asphalt somewhere on it. Somewhere, and there's a well. There's they've compensated by filling it with a lot of potholes. You know, for your yeah. riding pleasure. So, yeah. but that stretch is only about a mile long. You so can deal with it. You can deal with it. You can think of it as uh, riding through landmines, you know, <laughs> yeah, kind of swerving yeah. and yeah. weaving and going around. Yeah. But definitely worth the ride. Check it out at OzarkRides.com. Our featured ride. Okay. That being said, I wanted to bring up a topic that uh, maybe you might be interested in talking about, and that topic is five used cruisers to buy now. They have to be used. Mm-hmm. And maybe your idea of five that you should avoid. Oh, yes. Please. Now, these are not, uh, keep in mind, you, you, a lot of people think of cruisers. They think of cross-country riding. We're not talking about touring bikes. We're talking about okay. basic cruisers. Okay. okay. So I got a whole another. we'll do a whole thing on, <laughs> on uh, touring bikes later on. But I'm going to start it off, and obviously I'm going to pick a bike that you should have that is a cruiser, and that is the Victory Octane. 
Do you mm. remember this bike? It's their water-cooled bike. Yeah. 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 That's a good, solid bike. Not a huge following on that bike either. No, there isn't. It's a great bike. Definitely not a huge following. It had a short but yet tragic history. Uh, obviously, Polaris going out of business. Polaris didn't go out of business. Well, not Polaris, but Victory. They opted to shut the Victory line down. How, how is it that I'm advocating for your cause? I don't know. You have to keep factoring. I'm getting old. <laughs> Sometimes Shit, the left side of the brain goes down a road while yeah. the right side is on the porch, still yeah. rocking chair. Yeah. So anyways, I wanted to touch base on that too, real quick. Mm. Somebody emailed me and talked about, uh, you know, you're always talking about victory and you can't find parts for victory and they're out of business. And true victory is that line is shut down. You will absolutely not ever i don't think ever even though they're 10 years they have to produce yeah. but um i saw a deal the other day where victory was uh polaris they have two warehouses full of parts for yeah. all models of victory now you're going to run into problems finding aftermarket parts things that um i guess how would you say it that are not necessary to keep the bike running yes but any mechanical parts any engine parts uh you know, things like that, you are never going to have a problem finding parts for it. I don't think that you will either. The hard parts, as far as that goes. Now you want custom accessories? Yeah. And, honestly, and that's where you and I have had to, you've had yes. to build it for me. Yes. So the, the way you got to think about that is, is custom aftermarket manufacturers. They're not going to manufacture stuff for bikes that are no longer being produced. That's right. There's a cap to that market. There's no aftermarket company that wants to produce stuff where there's a cap on it. So the only time that you're going to get into other things, as far as that goes, is there's going to be like the Vic shop, witch doctors, places like that, that built their company on doing stuff for victories. Right. They're going to still manufacture stuff. They're going to still have stuff laying around. They're going to still do stuff with it because that's their business. Now, granted, they're probably not going to build a shit ton of aftermarket parts for those first generation victories out there. Right. But you get to the 10 or 12s and up till the end of their time. They're still making a bunch of parts for those. You know, that's, that's not as big a deal. Yeah. So there's a little sidebar there, but yeah. you know, those, those of you out there that are thinking about getting a used victory, but are shying away because you didn't think you could maintain it. Absolutely not the case. Not You're always going to have plugs. You're always going to have oils and oil filters. Any engine parts are, you know, they're, you're going to have. Yeah. Say like Lloyd's, Lloyd's that does all their big performance yeah. stuff. I would almost guarantee you that you're going to be able to get parts. Now, granted, the further away we go from the date that they stop producing, more than likely the parts are going to get a little bit more expensive as opposed to when they were being produced right now. Yeah, so there is probably a net higher retail on your parts, but it's not to say that you won't ever ever come up to a time where you just cannot get it. Yeah. Now, in the in the near future, fast forward 50, 60 years from now, yeah, you no got shit. a problem. You're going to have a problem. <laughs> if you can find a, a a victory 50, 60 years from now, which I'm sure you can, that's the kind of bike you want to fix up and put in your living room as a showpiece. Mm. So They weren't that good. Yeah, I thought they were. <laughs> but you know how I am. So back on topic here, like the uh, Octane, you can get one now for less than $8,000. Mm -hmm. And as a run around town, kind of a cruiser, water-cooled, 
that's not a bad deal. Now, my polar opposite to that that you want to avoid is a Suzuki Boulevard S40. First of all, it's uglier than dog snot. Yes. It's it's just hideous looking, a little single cylinder. And oh. I, I kind of like the thumpers, but this is an ugly bike. No. And it's only had 31 horsepower, 652 cc's. Um, Stupid. Horrible. Hated them. I didn't want to say it, so thank you very much for, for <laughs> throwing it out there. So throw a, a bike out there that you think all right, you should all right. be able to uh, right. pick up on. It has to be used. Here's what I would buy used. It's going to be Harley-Davidson. And here's what I would not buy. First, okay. let's go with the Pro. Let's. What would you buy? Harley-Davidson Heritage Classic. That's what I would buy if I'm buying just a standard cruiser model that is going to let you go cross-country, that's going to let you go around town, that's going to let you do everything. Okay, they come factory with a crash bar, windshield, and saddlebags. Now, you carry stuff with you. You have a little bit of a windbreak with the windshield. You have the crash bar to put your feet up if that's what you like. Curb weight's not bad on them. Power's pretty decent on them. If you bridge back to, say, the early 2000s to 2005 or 6, yeah, you're an 88 twin cam 5-speed. But you can pick those up fairly reasonable. Somewhere between five and 7500 bucks still. The newer you go, yeah, the price goes up on them. But they're a great all-around bike. And it's probably one of the reasons why that was Harley's number one selling motorcycle for so many years. People trying to get into Harley... That's what you looked at. I mean, they pimped those bikes out like crazy. Like, this is the best thing you can have. You can go long distance. You can do short trips. They're comfortable. All in one bike. Yeah. And I really do think that they are fairly comfortable. They're small enough to meet that beginner level entry, you know, the entry level into motorcycling. In my opinion, decently low saddle height, not heavy, still heavy enough to get up and down the road and run highway speeds but yet also big enough to where you can go cross-country comfortably on them. Granted, the five-speed's a little bit harder to go cross-country just because they are RPMs. Not to say that you can't. You get into the newer ones and you get a six-speed in your 103 motor, and now obviously they're building with bigger motors. So they've adapted. That right there is like the universal, you know, one-size-fits-all. That's a terrific motorcycle. You can get them at a decent retail price. So that's why I was I would go with granted it's Harley because I'd always go with Harley but it is I believe everybody knew what you, what you were going to pick yeah yeah it, it's just one of those bikes that ladies men beginner riders you know experienced riders they all gravitate to that bike for a reason they they work well they look good they look classic you can ID them from anywhere so you get that feeling that everybody knows you're on a Harley. Because let's be honest, a lot of guys like that. Now, this is the one that I've absolutely loved to say out loud. The one that I would stay away from. Here we go. The early 2000s Victory V92 Classic Tour. I'm going to correct you right there. Stay the Wait. frick away from that one. I'll tell you why. You are partially right. <laughs> I'm very much so right. 1999 through 2001. Uh, I Those are the ones you want to stay away from because they had a transmission problem. Yes. 2002 above is a solid bike. So here's the reason why I say stay away from it. For one, they were ugly as shit. Your bike may not be ugly now, but when you first got that bike, that was ugly as ugly can be. I'm not going to sit here and look you in the eye God and say awful. you're wrong. Weird trimmings, 
disgusting saddlebags. The V92TC. Yeah, the weird taillight turn signals in the saddlebags. Like, absolute garbage, in my opinion. The height of the bike from stock. It's a tall bike. Oh, it is. Yeah. You can't tell me that just everybody and anybody can hop on that bike and just start ripping. No. It was tall. It was cumbersome. The positioning wasn't that great. The bars sucked on it. Like, it just was not that good of a bike. Aesthetically, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. Fitment, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. Now, what's good about that bike is the engine. Now, it was a small engine at what, 92 cubes? Yeah, 1500. Somewhere around 1501. Yeah. So, not that far out of line for what everybody else was producing at that time. No. But now, once you get to compare it to something else, like they come out a couple years later with the 106. A 106, a 10 time better motor than that. They came out with a 100 and then a 106. Okay. But you're right. The, the further down the line they went, the better. Yeah. And honestly, you say up to 2003, you know, those were the good 2002 ones. 2002 is when the transmission was fixed. Right. You fast forward, flash forward a couple years after 03, and now it's got that bigger motor. There's a reason why they jumped. a different jumped. transmission, six-speed. Yeah, there's a reason why they jumped to that other setup. is because the last setup freaking sucked. It wasn't that great. Even for being a 92 cube, it didn't produce that much power. It wasn't like you were getting there and ripping canyons and being able to pull corners and pull out of corners or pull hills amazingly well. Even the little twin cam 88 did better than that thing did. You're hurting my feelings. Yeah, truth hurts. Truth hurts. Truth hurts. Okay. I'm happy with my bike and it goes just fine. I've had it over 100 miles an hour and I'm a fat. Yeah, over how much time? Exactly. Took me a week and a half to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Another reason why. We talk about, we just talked about the parts being produced and stuff like that. Those are the absolute hardest years to find parts for, bar none. Like, they're just difficult to find parts. And especially those horrible body panels and bags and trimmings and shit like that. Good freaking luck. Which, people don't know, none of that is on my bike. No, it's not. It's all been completely revamped. But even your little, even your chrome strut covers, those clips, plastic clips... No. To hold those on. Can't those freaking that's find true. them. They're, you can't find them. And I found I found them uh, through Victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, screw that. I just bought a, a box of them. Exactly. Just for the future. And I mean, I've got it over there in the drawer. There's a whole big giant bag of clips. Right. So that's why I say freaking, unless somebody's worked it over, unless somebody's done something with it and you can get an idea of what the parameters are on that bike. They're an okay bike to buy, mainly because they're going to have a really low retail price. They truth a, a stock 99 to 0102 V92 Classic Tour is still same, you know, same genetic makeup as Couple stock. Grand. Yeah, they're low. Yeah. So that's the only thing that drives you to want to buy that bike is the low price point on it. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't uh disagree because of your points. It was an ugly bike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. Just, I mean, it was just like stupid ugly. What the frick is going on? Now, Victory's always kind of been futuristic, in my opinion. Their their lines are very edgy, like their jackpot and their Vegas and their eight ball and all that stuff. Like those have got completely different style lines. Than oh yeah, they're totally the bikes different. of those times. And like this one had a it had those ugly bags and a big barn door windshield, yes. which I absolutely hate those. Yeah. Um, like even think about victory, the vision, like ugly bike, holy shit. Like that's so far 
out of the realm of anything close to what's being produced at the time. Oh, those. I when mean, they come up with that bike, there was a group of guys sitting around a table drinking highballs and smoking blunts. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, That's Arlen how they S. come up with that. <laughs> Thank you, Arlen S. <laughs> as, as amazing man as that guy was, like that bike, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, you know, disagree with what you said as far as based on those parameters. Yeah. But mechanically, my bike is solid. It is. And so all the Victory 92s. It is. I can't say that you're wrong. The there. styling was uh, a lack to be desired. Okay. How about the Yamaha Bolt R Special? Oh, yeah, the Yamaha Bolt? Yeah. Are you yay or nay on that? Yay. Okay, yeah, I was going to say that. Yamaha and you can Bolt's find those like a 2014 model for well under $4,000. Yeah, and that is a great bike. I mean, mm-hmm. rock solid, reliable, good looking in my opinion, you know, for just a, a basic yeah, cruiser. Yeah, it's perspective. Yeah. Know, they performed well, and they ran well, and they handled well. Now, that you took a stab at me, I feel yeah. obligated to take a stab back at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. A bike yeah. to avoid used cruiser, the Harley Davidson Street Rod. The Street Rod. You definitely want to avoid uh, that. That's the 750, 550. Uh, they claim it had like 75 horsepower. Yeah. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were very lackluster. Very lackluster. About 525 pounds they come in at. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just. It's ugly. It it's, it's ugly. Anemic it, on power. It's, it, it's, it's <laughs> it just didn't work. It's a, and every manufacturer has these. What were you thinking, bikes? Yeah, I could tell you what they were thinking on what it. What were they thinking? A different market. They were trying to hit that hipster, inner city, urban kind of the almost like the, what you would see like in India and Europe. Those small CC bikes, things like that. But they tried it in fat boy world where we like Big Macs, meat, potatoes, stuff like that. And yeah. it, it just didn't fly. So, number four. Okay. On what to me got? then. On to me then. Okay. Let me bridge to a bike that I like that's not Harley Davidson. So, here's what I will go with for one that I do like. It would be the Honda say these all have the same engines but it's just kind of the platforms look a little bit different and it's the honda vtx 1300 whether it be the cruiser bike whether it be the fury whether it be the interstate any of those bikes in my opinion are fantastic same power plant for all of them yeah they they run that vtx 1300 engine great bulletproof engine like i've seen customers just absolutely beat the piss out of those things and all you got to do is change the oil every once in a while in it, and they, they continue to run. They make decent power. They're very, very rideable. The price points on them are ridiculously good. I like the Interstate because it has a little bit more of a raked-out front end, but then it still has saddlebags on the back, so you kind of get a meld of a little bit longer bike with being able to carry stuff. The VTX 1300 is, like I said, they're just killer motorcycles. I've worked on a ton of them. I've only had one or two that's had, you know, substantial issues. And I say substantial is just because it took me a little while to figure out what their problem was. And even then, it wasn't even a big issue. The Honda Fury, when those things first came out, I'm a, I'm pro Harley. You have to say that. Even I was like, holy shit, like, that's a cool bike. I dig it. The Honda Fury is a kind of a raked out chopper looking bike. Right. Fuel That's injected. when that stuff was really popular, like with it, the it really uh, was. Orange County Choppers was popular. Yeah, exactly. This is like a production chopper. 
you know, they carry like a 200 wide back tire, um, uh, kind of an up and out frame with a longer rake on it. I thought they handled okay. Probably not amazing, but handled okay. Power was good. The electronics were really good on it. The only thing I didn't like about it is the small fuel tank that was on it. You couldn't go anywhere. No. But it's so great about that engine is we're talking about three different motorcycles that use the same power plant. There's a reason for that. The VTX 1300, in my opinion, was way better than the 1800 that they produced. Now, when we talk about a world of more is better, you would think, oh, the 1800's got to be that much better. 1800 hadn't been produced like the 1300. And there's a reason why that 1300 just freaking worked for whatever reason. Now, when that Fury came out, net retail was like 13, 14 grand, something like that. Now, net retail on it's about 7,500 to $8,500 brand new. Interstate, relatively the same price point. The VTX, you find those used. You could pick up a badass little VTX 1300 for 3500 4500 bucks. Low miles, great running bike, everything's good. So that's a cheap, cheap cruiser model bike that you could pick up. So what do you hate? Here's what I absolutely have an extreme disdain for. And it starts in the mid-90s and it runs pretty well through the rest of their class. The Kawasaki Vulcan 1500. And the 1600. Thought you had one of those. No. I used to have a 900 Custom. Oh, okay. But I have always absolutely hated those 15 and 1600s. Explain, please. So, I thought they were shit for power. I thought that aesthetically, whatever. They were kind of round and robust. Um, it, it gave you a lot. The suspension, a shaft drive bike, so that's, I guess, okay. But... I just hated it because I never felt like they really worked. I never felt like they made enough power. I never felt like they made enough usable torque or power. I just felt like they were just kind of, uh, you know, they're trying to hit that Harley look with like the heritage and stuff, that classic Harley look. I thought that the bag selection and the fender selection was too off. Like they were very round. They had a bunch of racks on them. And for whatever reason, I've had to work on those sons of bucks like crazy. So when I see it on the mechanical side, if I'm seeing a certain model routinely for some of the same issues, that's, it kind of decredits it in my opinion. All right. All right. Well, I've got one here that I think you should buy and you're going to find it uh, peculiar coming out of my mouth. That's the Harley Davidson Roadster. The Roadster, really? The Roadster, yeah. They're okay. kind of it's an upgrade from a Sportster. Yeah, a little different uh, styling on it, but I, I like the way it looks. It was a great model as far as mechanically. It had that twelve oh two engine in it, and mm-hmm. a little bit larger gas tank than the Sportster, so you can go a little bit further on it. A little bit. Uh, it had a little charisma <laughs> to it. Yeah, you know, I think it's a pretty good looking little bike. It kind of reminded me of a. a somewhat of a cafe style because it had the low cafe handlebars on it yeah and yeah. Uh, you know i just kind of like that bike but the one that i would avoid on the other side of that is the bmw 1200c oh yeah yeah the r1200 yes especially in the early first of all is uglier than dirt it's even uglier than the uh, victory vision yeah yeah and that's saying something <laughs> that vision is god awful yeah <laughs> Sorry to the guys just that say have yeah, them. Just say yeah, and it's, let's not, let's not <laughs> just roll back on. into that. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know what these things cost. Uh, you know, 
I don't th- I imagine they were too expensive. No. Uh, you know, the styling was suck. Uh, the passenger seat on it, if you wanted a ride, it had a little uh, pillion seat. So, anyways, that just happens to be our opinions, which, uh, of course, are carved in stone. Yeah. yeah. S- soft stone. This is the Ten Commandments here. <laughs> soft stone, yeah. So, limestone. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, kind of curious, uh, if you have a different idea of five go-to bikes or five to avoid drop us a line let us know we'll give you a shout out so i guess that's going to wrap it up for this episode want to remind people we could go on for days about this topic i know we could but I, I, if you want to go on a little <laughs> bit uh you know throw one more in there as a bonus one more as a bonus as all a right. bonus all right well naturally where are we going so here's a bike that is clearly classified as a touring motorcycle but you cannot mention the victory v92 tc twice i will not believe me you i will not so i've got two bikes that i would say are a yay so i'm going to be positive here two bikes that i would say are a yay for touring on or cruising on okay now this first one is classified as a touring bike but there's a reason why i say it it could be very well versed as a cruiser bike that is the road king the harley road king now with the road king you could have got it with a couple of different bag options one being hard saddlebags and one being a hard saddlebag that is leather wrapped the reason why i say the road king is a good cruiser bike is it doesn't have a fairing. It doesn't have a big a big front end on it. So it's a little bit lighter, a little bit nimbler, a little bit more user-friendly to the guy that's just getting into bikes. Yes, it has a little bit higher curb weight than some of like the Harley Heritage or something. The reason why I say it's a great cruiser model bike is because it's very easy to hop on and ride. If you're not very well-versed in riding, with the front end being stripped down, it makes it lighter on the front. It makes it lighter on the steering. It makes it easier to see the front wheel. Plus, you get an added bonus of having the saddlebags on the back. And with the square frame backbone, and a little bit heavier and a little bit longer, you can still cruise this thing very, very easily, but then dual purpose it for a long-distance touring bike. So that's why I say it's kind of falls out of the touring catalog because it's very, very easy to hop on and run to the other end of town. It's pretty nimble. You can cruise around. You can whip in and out. I just feel like that's a a very, very good platform to do both on. Okay. Another one, and nobody gives this bike credit. This is a positive? This is a positive, man. And there's actually two bikes that kind of fall side by side that I absolutely love for cruising on. So one is the Suzuki M109. I'm normally not a Suzuki fan. Like, absolute disdain for the brand as a, as a whole, except for two bikes. And that's the Gixxer line as a sport bike, crotch rocket, and this M109. The reason why I say the M109 is because that thing makes so much freaking power. And it's got a large fuel cell on it. It's all about the giddy up for you, isn't it? It really is, in, in most regards, yes. Um, aesthetically, eh. They're okay. If they're done up well, they're they're okay. But they just make so much power, which makes cruising fun. Because you talk about stoplight to stoplight or ripping around town or short, you know, cornering type roads. They freaking do well. They make a shit ton of power. And when I mean a shit ton, like they make a lot of power, especially for the platform that they're on. The other one is 
Handling wise, this bike isn't that great. Stylistically, it's cool. Uh, cruising wise, it makes good power. It's the Yamaha Striker and the Yamaha Raider. Both of those are kind of that chopper-esque feel. Smaller fuel tank, so cruising is a little bit okay on that because you're not looking to stretch out. Uh, they look cool. They make good, good-ass power. They got a little bit fatter back tire. And they're both of those have a somewhat of a relatively low used retail price. All right, I'll throw in one more bonus yays. Okay. And that is the... Uh victory cross country okay you can still get those for it's a tour it's a tour but you can still get those for around seven eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars uh still obviously you can get parts for it but of all the victories you can still have a large line of aftermarket parts yeah yeah you know that cross country and the magnum are freaking great as far as that goes yeah. you want to strip down to a true cruiser go with the cross roads doesn't have the fairing that's right Still it's the same bags. bike without yeah, the fairing. Exactly. There you go. So that's our picks. If you disagree or agreed, let us know. Drop us a line. Uh, we'll give you a shout out. Also want to remind you once again about the Cycle Showcase, September 14th through the 17th at the resort at Lake of the Ozarks during mm-hmm. Bike Fest. Stop by and see us. We'll be there with Schmidt Law, and you'll see a lot of great bikes down there. Are you going to attend? Yeah, I'm going to really try my ass off. If not, I might take a bike over and put it with Schmidt Law's booth unless it gets accepted to be in the showcase. But you talking about the 70s chopper? Yeah, I might take it over there and let it sit out. And then while I'm doing football stuff, maybe hit Saturday night and Sunday. Be down okay. there. All right. Well, until then, uh, be sure to stop by OzarkRides.com. Check out our featured ride. And if you'd like to uh, help support the podcast and the website, you can always go to patreon.com forward slash Ozark Rides. We sure would appreciate you becoming a member of the club. And until the next time, always ride safe and keep it on two wheels.